This is episode number seven and today I'm talking all about the importance of sleep and how it can help you have more energy and ultimately be able to enjoy your writing even more. Welcome along to the DressageRiderTraining.com podcast. I'm Nicholas Smith and in each episode I'll bring you an educational or inspiring message to help you unlock your true potential as a dressage athlete. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Today on the show I'm talking why focusing on your sleep can help your riding. One of the things I really want to come across straight away is often we're not sleeping enough and often it come, when it comes to a personal trainer, people think that I'm all about thrashing the body and making you exhausted and tired and you can sleep when you're dead, but I'm the complete opposite and I am suggesting that you sleep more. Often this is easier said than done, but it's incredibly important. You see, your body recovers and repairs while you're asleep. So if you're lacking in energy or motivation, having problems losing weight, or simply struggling to get out of bed in the morning, starting to pay attention to how much sleep you're getting is important. Ideally, we want to aim for about eight hours. For most people, I'm always suggesting they hit and try and get even more than this, even nine to ten hours, go for more, shoot for gold. Why this is important in today's modern world is because we're so busy. Everybody is completely exhausted, overwhelmed. We're constantly surrounded with the exposure of the wrong types of light. And all this does is makes us get tired. And when we're tired, it makes everything else become really hard and each and every day can become a slog. And the thing that you love with your writing, you don't even have the motivation to be able to do it because you're just exhausted. So I'm going to give you some solutions on how you can improve your sleep and give you some small changes that hopefully make a big difference and help to unlock a little more energy. You see, there is about 1% of the population who do well on less sleep. They are those that can thrive off four to six hours. You know, they're the ones that can have those really long days. And that's the 1%. The majority of us need much, much more. On average... We need eight hours sleep and it's the common ground is always having much less than that. So having problems falling asleep or waking up in the early hours of the morning is really common and you're certainly not alone if you struggle with sleep and so I want to basically let you know a little bit more about how your sleep works and the patterns of your sleep and how your body works because this is my background. I'm a functional nutrition practitioner and I work with helping people improve their energy, their well-being by addressing their lifestyle factors and ultimately helping them be well so that they can do more of what they love. And sleep deprivation is so common and what people don't realise is that often the suffering of weakened immune system or hunger levels or impaired memory can all just be observations of lack of sleep. The more deprivation you get, the more serious it can affect your well-being. If you were to um, say you were training for a run and it was a 10k run, sleep deprivation of two hours or less affects 30% of your performance. 
So you might be trained doing all the training in the world for that 10k run and you will have the performance from your training up to that 7k mark but that last 3k, that last 30% will be completely affected and drop in performance from those two hours of lost sleep. And so if you're constantly not getting the hours of sleep that you're supposed to be getting, you can have a decrease in performance of up to 30% long term. And so if you want to be thriving in your life and doing more of what you love and have the energy that you, to be able to do more of your writing, then it's important to look at sleep and put huge importance into it, protect it. So when we get disrupted sleep, melatonin gets out of balance. Melatonin acts like an antioxidant in the body. It helps heal and fight cancer and suppress free radicals. Sleep is where our body does all of its physical and mental and emotional repairs. So it makes sense that you want to aim to achieve really good quality sleep each night for these factors to happen. It's important to understand that sleep isn't something that we just do later on. Sleep is something that happens naturally in our body. Our body has its own natural rhythm, a rhythm that you have no control over. It's dependent on the movements of the sun and of the moon. When the sun rises and your skin gets light on it, your body produces hormones. And these hormones are the hormones that wake you up and make you feel ready to face your day. A prime example of this is the hormones work in your body. So when you wake up and you can have light coming into your bedroom versus waking up to an alarm. I'm sure you've all had the feeling of when you wake up and you've got to wake up really early. So it's 4am and you've got to wake up to an alarm and it's pitch black room. It's not until you get that light coming into your eyes that you can start to allow the body to wake up and you can feel the body waking up. However, if you stay in that dark room, your body takes much longer to wake up. So you can't control this. This is what's happening from exposure to light. On average, we need seven to nine hours sleep. And while there is definitely the proof that 1% of the population do well and less, most of us need those deep, nourishing sleep. And this is the type of sleep where you wake up feeling refreshed. It's not the type of sleep where you have vivid dreams and you keep waking up. This is called REM sleep, rapid eye movement. And rapid eye movement happens when our stress hormone levels are too high, which can be due to a number of possible things like the food that you may have consumed, emotionals, physical or lifestyle stress. Whatever it is that's causing it, you need to find out the reason why and you're trying to aim for those deep sleep in those eight hours of deep sleep. We need our sleep and it's important to value it and making choices each day that help you get quality sleep that your body craves and desires. Knowing how light affects you is the first key important and it's important to ensure that you're sleeping in a dark room. So knowing that light make, wakes you up, they have done studies where they'll put a pinprick of light on the back of a kneecap and that is enough for the hormones to be stimulated to allow you to either stay in that REM sleep or have problems falling asleep. So making sure that the room is black and that you have a dark room. So this is the type of room that when all the lights are off, if you were to raise your hand in front of your face, 
you can't see your hand. It's pitch black. So this requires sometimes some setup and it is possible because when we were building our house, we didn't have curtains, we had big windows and I simply taped up um, builder's paper, like black paper, all over the windows and I just made that room black because that's all I could do and we'd tape it up every night and we'd pull it down and we'd tape it up. It was annoying but it meant that I could get a really good night's sleep and we just did that until we got the curtains in. And our curtains are um, beautiful linen curtains but then they've got block out behind them and though the block out is thick, it goes up above the window and it goes down onto the floor and it hits the floor and so there's absolutely no light coming in because the whole window is completely hugged with this curtain. So, so the first place for you to think about is what is happening with my curtains. Are these curtains blocking light or is there light coming into the bedroom? So knowing that light affects how you feel, first you want to really ensure that this room is black. You also then want to make sure you turn off all electronics and you see that your phone is away from your bed and that you have nothing in your bedroom, including no TVs in your bedroom because your bedroom should be a sanctuary with no Wi-Fi signals coming through, no lights coming through. It should be black because this is what your body needs. This is its own natural rhythm. It responds to dark and light. So if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep currently, start here and make sure that you're getting enough light onto your skin throughout your day versus being in buildings all day and what I mean by this if you are say you are working in a building and it's got fluorescent lights and it's all lit up through the lights of the office and then you come home to your house and then that's all lit up from the lights everywhere in your house and then you're on your blue devices and you've got blue light coming in from your device, your body has no idea if it's the sun or the moon or what's happening. And so what you're trying to make sure is that you're trying to get the right balance between the natural rhythm of your body so that you're teaching your body to wind down at the end of the day. I'll discuss this more in a bit. But first, so you're making sure that your bedroom is nice and dark and then throughout the day, you want to make sure that you get natural light into your body, into your eyes to allow that body to get its right hormonal balance happening. So if you're struggling for a, for a good night's sleep, make sure you're getting this contrast of the black and the light. Do some walking outside, get good quality daylight into your body, and this is going to help your body sleep. So how the body naturally works is first we need to look at and understand the circadian cycle of the body. So as the sun comes up and you get up, light naturally increases a hormone called cortisol. This is a natural stress hormone in your body, and this increases in the morning. When you get up, and this is where a lot of the body has its natural energy when you wake up, in a good cycle. Then as the day goes down, these natural stress hormones go down and naturally decreases, and this allows the, your body to slow down, the day slows down, and then when the evening comes, you're ready for rest. And these hormones have dropped to allow melatonin to come up. So between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., your body physically repairs itself. So this is where it's fixing any niggly knee problems, backache, skin problems. This is where it's doing any weight loss. This is where it's happening. And this is where all the physical things are happening. 
and between the hours of 10, sorry, 2 a.m. and 6 a.m., your body's fixing any emotional um, things, psychological things. So this is if you've had a terrible emotional day, a stressful day, this is where your memory gets improved. All these kind of things are happening within those hours. So we want to make sure that's protected. So if you were to, on a, in a good day, you'd, have, you'd be sleeping in a dark room, you'd be waking up to the sun coming up, um, you'd be getting the light into your body, so if you're getting your body exposed to natural light, you'll be moving, and you're doing all this um, accelerated activity and movement before lunchtime. And this isn't something that can happen all the time, because some of it might be at the end of the day, but the reason I'm stressing this is understanding the importance of how your body naturally works. And to understand when, if you are having problems with your sleep, you want to be working with nature so that you can wind down and you can play around with the structure of your day to help your sleep more. So if you do a lot of your activity at the end of the day, don't stress, but by moving it further forward or just being aware of other habits that you may have is going to help with your sleep. So a good example is what I've just mentioned. Now a bad example could be someone who's leading a really stressful life. They wake up feeling really groggy, they reach for coffee, they head out to the day, they move into a building that's full of fluorescent lights, they need sugar and caffeine all day to keep them going, they finish their workday stressed and they haven't eaten well, they wind up and they eat a huge dinner because they've been starving all day. This dinner then sits inside them and takes their body the entire evening to metabolize and they're feeling wound up because they've just provided their body with energy. They then just sit in the sit in the lounge and they have all the lights on in their lounge and they watch an emotional drama on TV from about 9.30 to 10.30 or even 11.30 at night and then they try to go to bed because that's when they start to feel tired. Their body has been exposed to light all in the evening and all of the stress and all of the patterns of the day have all been put at the end of the day and this is why the body still feels wide awake. Then they go to bed and they feel tired and white, but wired and they might fall asleep but an hour later they wake up exhausted and then they repeat that cycle all night. And what happens is when the body's really stressed it can't produce the hormone melatonin. Melatonin comes is produced in your stomach and your gut and if you're having huge meals late at night this affects your melatonin production and melatonin can't come up if cortisol is up your stress hormone cortisol responds to light movement and stress so getting the hormonal balance right throughout your day is going to help your sleep now none of this happens overnight and we aren't all going to have a perfect circadian cycle and we can't all wake up to sunlight every day and we live in a modern world and we all have very different lifestyles and we all have days we get stressed and days that we just have to simply get through. And the reason I want to make you so aware of this is remember what I said before, it, all of this happens without your control. This is mother nature working. The sun, the moon, your body responds to darkness and light. And in our modern world, we're constantly exposing our body to all of this light and this stress. So when you gain control of that, you can start to gain control of your body's natural internal rhythm. And on days when it just gets all messed up, you have the ability to be able to bring it back. So if you're having trouble falling asleep at night and you're waking up exhausted, or you're having REM sleep, 
Ask yourself, what are you doing at nighttime to promote deep sleep and a natural wind down? Are you eating too close to bed? My goal, my suggestion is always to eat three hours before bed. And so sometimes this means that you've got to pull everything back, a little bit of preparation. You want to eat dinner much sooner so that you can allow that dinner to be digested and to be able to go to bed not trying to digest your food. The other part of that is also making sure that your dinner isn't the biggest meal of your day. Your biggest meal of the day is ideally breakfast or lunch and then dinner is a small meal. This is usually completely the other way around and often people straight away people are like, oh. and like I said, I'm just giving you suggestions for ways to improve your sleep. So if you're struggling with sleep, these are the things you want to change. If you're not, don't change them. So in the hours between 10 and 2, your body does the majority of its physical repair. So if you so that if you've had any joint problems or aching problems, this is where it's all going to be improved. And this is the time and place if you're wanting to make sure that you're burning body fat to make sure that you're getting to bed nice and early as well. If you you do shift work, it's and you aren't going to sleep between 10 and 2, it's the first four hours of your sleep. And then the other four hours of your sleep is the emotional repair. Every one to two hours of lost sleep, you can lose double that of productivity the next day. And I don't know about you, but it's really hard to function when you have lack of sleep. And I always eat more on the days I haven't slept well. And I always end up a little bit cranky as well on those days too. So that's why I always try and make sure that sleep is a high priority because this is where it affects everything that I do. And I want to be able to do things in my day, get things done, be productive, ride my horse, enjoy my riding, get some movement happening and make sure that I have a good productive day that's helping me reach my goals. And Sleep is one of those critical things that has a huge impact on that. And I often get asked the question, but I'm a night owl, this is where I do all those things. And I hear this all the time. And if you've done any sort of travel where you fly to the other side of the world, you'll know that you can change your sleep pattern within a few days because of the sun and the moon. What doesn't change at home, however, is your habits. And often this is really hard to hear, but it's imp- you can't expect your body to fall asleep earlier if your routine and your patterns don't change and you remain the same. So everything that I've mentioned above is about the before is about the ideal scenario. And of course, there are times when this doesn't apply, but it's about understanding how it works so that you can trick your body to get the best sleep you can. Even if it's in the middle of the day and you do shift work, you can optimize the light and the dark so that you can make the room dark. And then as soon as you wake up, you can go out and get natural light into your eyes so that you can get that balance happening and you can replicate nighttime just as if you're going to the other side of the world and you can create dim light and an opportunity for your body to wind down, ensure the room is pitch black or block out curtains. It's a very... When you under sorry, it's I want to say the word simple, but it's not it's a simple analogy when you think black and light, night and day, sun and the moon. And 
when we add all of modern life to that, that's where it all gets messed up. And so no matter what time you go to sleep, no matter what time you wake up, if this isn't a typical scenario, you're still trying to get the right patterns happening in your day. So a really black room and natural light into your body during the day. The other thing to think about is how food affects your sleep. It's important to make sure you eat regularly throughout your day as this is going to affect your sleep patterns. And if you consume dinner near bedtime, your body is going to try and sleep digesting all that food and you're going to wake up not hungry. And breakfast should be one of those most important meals of the day because breakfast is fuel for your body. And the reason people don't normally want breakfast is because they have a big dinner, they haven't slept well, and then they wake up feeling full in the morning. So you want to try and sneak your meal patterns around. So there's a saying, it's eat like a king for breakfast, a queen for lunch, and a, a princess, or they say a pauper for dinner. And so you're trying to make sure you do that. And to me, it's about the balance between either lunch or breakfast. I don't have a big breakfast, but my lunch is the main meal of the day. And then dinner, it's just a top up, but it's not a huge meal. And it's always well within three hours of going to sleep. So making sure you eat within those three hours is really going to help with your sleep quality and how you feel when you wake up. Another indication that you might not quite have your meals right is if your body, if you're waking up between the hours of 1 and 4 a.m. in the morning. This can be an indication of high cortisol levels or a drop in blood sugar and this can be a disruption in your hormonal balance and another reason to do this is why you want to restore your natural balance. This is really common if you have wine in the evenings and it's between those hours of one and four, your blood sugar drops, your liver go is trying to dump out everything and this is that whole wake up time and so this is, if your sleep is an issue for you and you're trying to make sure that you get good quality sleep so you have more energy, you might want to look at alcohol consumption in the evenings as well and try and get rid of it so that you can get that deep sleep and that your body isn't under stress and trying to detox in the middle of the night and waking you up. You also might want to play around with more carbohydrates for dinner and adjusting your protein or more fat or eating earlier. It's all about tweaking little things and finding what works for you. And it might simply be one of these things that I suggest that makes a huge impact and that's awesome or you might need to do everything. I suffered from really chronic um, chron chronic fatigue syndrome and so for me that's why I put so much importance to sleep and went deep into finding out how to optimize your sleep to improve energy and to me I kind of had to do everything and that's where it's, it comes down to each individual person and it could just be simple things that make a difference like the dinner earlier. We absolutely 100% need our sleep. However, there are going to be times when you can't get that ideal amount for whatever reason, and this does happen. And there are tools you can do to improve it, and it's important to understand that when you don't get the sleep you need, your body does stop to not function correctly if you're not trying to make up for that lost sleep. So to start with, I want to just kind of summarize how to create an ideal sleep sanctuary. 
So to start with where you sleep, this place you sleep in is really important. So pay attention to what might be affecting the quality of the space that you sleep in and see if there's ways you can prove it. So number one is that darkness. Even the smallest amount of lights in your bedroom can disrupt your internal body clock and this affects your penile glands production of melatonin and serotonin. It remove, So remove or cover lights from clots. Make sure no TV is in the bedroom and you have blackout curtains to create a dark cave. Close your bedroom door and if you get up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, reframe from turning the lights on as this will make falling asleep much harder again. Your body responds to the natural circadian rhythm going on outside with the sun and the moon. Modern day lights disrupts this and we were sending sending light through our optic nerve through to our hypothalamus which controls your biological clock. So paying attention to how dark your room is is really important and aim not to be able to see your hand in that bedroom when it's dark so that's as dark as you're trying to make it like a pitch black cave in the middle of nowhere. Number two is lightness. How much are you getting throughout your day? How much natural light exposure are you getting? So get outside during your lunch breaks if you work in a building to help your body absorb that natural light. It needs that contrast of the light and the dark to be able to normalize your hormonal rhythm that helps you fall asleep and get a better quality sleep. Number three is how cool your bedroom is. Your body temperature needs to drop while you sleep and to help you fall asleep, you want to have a cool room or cold room. So you, if you can sleep with the window open and get fresh air, that's great. But ideally, the bedroom needs to be no higher than 21 degrees Celsius. And then number four, remove electromagnetic fields. These can disrupt your pineal glands and the production of your melatonin and serotonin, both of which you need to fall asleep. So ensure your phone is switched off or have it on airplane mode if you use it for an alarm and make sure there's no light affecting you and at the same time remove any other electronic devices away from your bed. So those are the four things you can do to create the ideal sleep sanctuary. And now I want to kind of give you some suggestions on how you can improve your evening routine to allow you to fall asleep much better. So the first thing is you want to try and get to bed early. Our body does all of that repair in the first four hours. So this is where your adrenal system does most of its recharging. This is where your gallbladder dumps toxins out at the same time. And if you're wide awake in these early hours or you're not getting a deep sleep, this can back up to the liver and can disrupt your sleep even further. Prior to modern technology, humans would go to bed just after the sun went down, similar to what animals do. So as much as we can, we're trying to replicate what nature had in mind. Second thing is stick to a routine. Don't change your bedtime. Aim to find a time that works and stick to this weekends also. This will help your body find its own natural rhythm and help you fall asleep consistently. If on the weekends you're tired, take naps because if you're tired your body's telling you that you need sleep so as much as you're trying to stick to the routine of your bedtimes on the weekends if you are tired you can take naps. Bedtime routine, find a routine that you can do in the evenings to help you wind down. 
So things like reading, having a bath, having a herbal tea, a shower, listening to audio or watching something relaxing on TV. The key is to find something that makes you feel relaxed and repeat this each night to create triggers to your body to allow it to wind down. You also want to avoid blue light. So it's not uncommon for people these days to have the TV going with a laptop on them and the phone beside them. It's all part of this modern lifestyle and the more time we spend with technology, the more blue light exposure and the less natural light. So understanding what blue light is is essentially all our devices send off this blue light and it's like a white light and that is the light that signals to your body that it needs to wake up that produces cortisol. So if you are on your phones late at night, this is going to be telling your body, giving it the wrong signals, and this is why you might be having trouble falling asleep. You can install things like Flux, um, which adjusts the light on your phone to remove the blue light and turn it more into a red hue light. And this is good, but do be aware what you're actually doing on your phone as well, because if you're emotionally looking at something, that can also send the stress signals up. So the problem with blue light is it's a stress inducer and it affects your body's ability to produce the melatonin, your natural sleep hormone. So in the evenings, it's important to have a cutoff time from your computer or your phone, at least 30 minutes to an hour before you wish to go to bed. And everybody is different into this time. I have it pretty down packed as to know what time my phone goes off. And then I might just watch something on Netflix to chill out, but I'm not on my devices that are giving my body blue light that's telling it to wake up. The next thing to think about is not to drink too much water at night. So try and drink the most of your water throughout your day and make sure you hydrate first thing in the morning and then spread it out over the rest of the day. And then stop drinking two hours before you go to bed so you don't need to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet. Next thing to think about is eating a high protein dinner L-tryptophan is a protein which helps the production of melatonin and serotonin. So make sure that in your evening meals contains good amounts of protein and at the same time you may want to have a piece of fruit following that meal which also helps tryptophan cross over the blood-brain barrier. Good quality evening meals, want, they need to be simple yet good quality foods. So enjoy, avoid things that are highly refined sugars or desserts or simply just overeating and making the body overheat and um, have a food hangover simply from over consuming too much food. You want to make your meal easy to digest in the, in the evenings and have it early and if you do the opposite of that, that can cause your blood sugar levels to drop really low in the early hours and increase your cortisol which will cause you to wake up and have a hard time falling asleep. Next thing to think about is a shower in the evening. It doesn't have to be hot, it can be cold to lower your core temperature and if it's a cold shower or a warm shower depending on the time of year, it's about teaching your body a routine to allow it to wind down, reduce your temperature so that you can get a good night's sleep. Try not to work in the evenings. If you do, think about waking up earlier so if you've got emails to answer, Start a routine of simply waking up half an hour earlier versus doing the emails in the evening or avoid taking phone calls 
that are work phone calls or anything that can allow your mind to wander off and get stressed. You're trying to protect that sleep routine so that you can unwind. Another thing you can try is to journal. If you find that your mind is racing when you get into bed, have a journal beside your bed and write down your thoughts. You can even try meditations to help yourself wind down. So there's lots of different things you can do in the evenings to help yourself get a really good night's sleep. And like I said, everybody is different, but it's important to understand that the environment that you place every day in your habits is going to affect how your body falls asleep. So understanding a blue light wakes your body up. The other thing to think about is the room that you're lighting and how much lights are on. So when our lounge is on, we just use a lamp in the corner versus all of the bright lights on because again, that's signaling to your body to wake up and make everything um, more energized because that's what you're telling your body to do. It's like having the sun in your room. So in the evenings, try and dim the lights. And a way to think about it is if you imagine campfire light, so flames have an orange and yellow hue to that. So those colors do not increase cortisol and these do not affect your melatonin levels. However, blue light and white light does, it suppresses them. So any sort of light that you have, you're wanting it to have that orange or red or yellow hue versus white or blue. And so think about how you're setting up your lounge, what habits you're doing in the evening to get the right balance of light into your body to allow yourself to fall asleep. So there's certain other lifestyles um, changes that you might want to do to help your sleep as well. Number one is to avoid caffeine. If you have any caffeine, you'll also want to try and have this before lunch. But if you have any sort of serious sleep issues, you want to try and cut it out. And this includes coffee, energy drinks, or black or green or white tea. Caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So if you consume it within six hours of bed, it'll still have an effect on your adrenal gland. So this is why if you are having it, always have a rule to have it before lunch. Number two is avoid alcohol. Alcohol can help some people feel drowsy and fall asleep, but it's often short-term and you'll find out you'll wake up several hours later as your blood sugar drops and your liver tries to dump all the toxins. So alcohol also prevents you from getting a deep sleep which is where your body does all of its healing. So if you are having problems with sleep, pay attention to the alcohol. Exercise. Moving your body daily helps improve your sleep. So aim to get 10,000 steps of walking every day and try not to do exercise too close to bedtime. Or if you are, do it as more of a wind down so that you can fall asleep. The ideal time for somebody who struggles with sleep is to do your workouts First thing in the morning or around lunchtime, mid-morning, that early part of the day where your body's naturally wanting to do more activity. Avoid inflammatory foods. So stay away from foods you're intolerant to or any foods containing sugar. If you're unsure of what foods these are, start with avoiding packaged foods, processed foods and stick to meals that are based off whole real ingredients, ideally cooked at home. Number five is nature. It has a wonderful way of grounding us and if you try and get outside barefoot this is even better. It may seem a little out there but there's studies proving how earthing can help ground the body, particularly powerful if you spend a lot of time on planes 
or driving in your car throughout the day. Getting yourself grounded, bringing yourself back down to earth, resetting with nature will help you fall asleep. There are a few natural health supplements that can help with your sleep. The first is magnesium and this is a natural muscle relaxant and can help with your blood sugar levels by assisting the cells in producing energy from glucose. Along with things like chamomile, which is anti-inflammatory and anti-spasmatic, it's known to have a calming sedative effect. So this is great as a sleeping tea in the, middle, in the evenings and a great to have as a herbal tea before you go to bed. There are also things like amino acids, L-theanine, H, uh, 5-HTP, taurine and GABA and herbs like lemon balm, passionflower, magnolia or valerian root. There's the next thing to think about is eating early, which I've message, talked about just before, and having your dinner three hours before bed to allow your digestive system time to rest so that melatonin can be produced and that all the digestion is complete by the time you go to bed. This will allow you to have a much deeper sleep. Avoid snacking or desserts. So processed foods, refined grains, sugars, at night can split your blood sugar levels and overstress the organs. So, and overstress the organs, which are involved in hormone regulation throughout the body, and this can cause blood sugar to plummet in the early hours of the morning and create a stress response in your body, which is typically shown when people wake around two or three a.m. and wide awake, having problems falling asleep. So instead, ensure you eat well throughout your day, and your evening meal is smaller but well balanced and so that you then don't need a snack. Another thing to think about is to schedule worry time. Often we can go to bed anxious and wind and wound up about many things that could be happening. So instead of staying up or worried about it or trying not to worry, write down in your journal that you have now beside your bed and put down a time for the next day to think about it clearly and not when you're in this tired state. Often when we do this and then we revisit, we can find that we can process it much better. The other thing you can try is meditations. So there's studies proven that those who practice meditation saw improvements in total sleep time and sleep quality, and that's why I make such a huge importance of meditations, and I now have that meditation series as well, and the mall and the online gym, and part of the programs. Huge for helping you unwind, help with mental clarity, letting go and just ultimately getting in charge of your mindset. Then think about dimming your lights as the last thing to think about because um, that, that sends a signal to your body to stay awake and so making sure that you are having those nice candle lit um, coloured hued lights in your lounge and if you have lights or lamps in your bedroom, it's those sorts of lights. So that there is a summary of basically the importance of sleep and why it can have such a huge impact on your energy and on your well-being. And often it's just not given the credit it deserves and we don't put enough emphasis into making sure we get good quality sleep. But often I find if you put all your priority into this, it's going to have the biggest impact on your day. You're therefore going to have more energy. You're therefore going to want to move more. You're going to enjoy your riding much more. You're going to be able to make better choices with your food because your thoughts and your clarity are on fire. 
all these things are like a domino effect when we get a good night's sleep. So aim to sleep more. If you're currently getting six, aim to sleep, aim to get seven hours sleep. If you're getting seven, aim to get eight. If you're getting eight and you're still tired, aim to get nine or ten hours sleep. And then you might be able to bring it back a little bit, or you might be somebody who needs nine hours sleep. I'm a nine hour to the to the dot type of person, and I always make sure that I get those hours sleep, but we go to bed early. We are in bed by 8.30 and we're usually up about 4.35 in the morning starting work and then I am outside um, as it gets light feeding the horses and then I'm back on the computer again and that is the routine and it's set up making sure I'm getting light exposure, making sure I'm getting good night's sleep and I protect that sleep so that I can have good days and so that I have energy and I can chase my goals and I can do more of what I love. So I hope you found that really useful. If you do have any questions about that or you have anything you'd like me to discuss on energy, well-being and of course um, exercise and fitness, please do get in touch. Otherwise, thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next one. That's it for this episode. If you found it helpful, make sure you download my free guide at dressageridertraining.com. It will help you get started on your journey to becoming the best rider you can be. If you know others who might like the show, please do share this with them. My goal is to help others enjoy their riding even more by taking care of themselves as much as they do their horses. And finally, if you have time to give this podcast a review, it would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.